Red Rum. Uh, Tony, you're not invited. <laughs> it's me, Chucky. Oh, God. Oh, why is he here, too? This it, is horrible. It's like a horror movie. And but it's, it's, the, it's not. Sorry, we're talking about a scary movie this week. I, I thought I'd join you. I can't tell which Chucky he, I'm this is. I'm a fusion is. of the two. I did the fusion <laughs> dance from Dragon Ball Z. So you're, uh, you're both uh, the Deadwood guy and Mark Hamill? Yes. Fused together? Okay. Uh, yes. That. All right. Well, Both that's better things. than that's better than the pure Mark Hamill version, I would say. <laughs> but yeah, what are we talking about today, Chucky? The Shining. <laughs> what voice am I even doing? I don't know. It it's terrible. It's, it's awful. I'm sorry. There's I do something apologize. that sounds like that. I'm sure. I know. I mean, like from some cartoon. I'm sure. But yes, it is October. Yes. And we have a Shining sequel coming out next month. So uh, this will be bored and annoyed with Jackson's favorite movies, The Shining. Yes. Yes. So um, before that, though. Bringing you the most important and the most entertaining news that you will get all day is the movie news with a couple of rabble rousers, Jackson and Helmet the Movie. It's bored and annoyed with the news. Oh, somebody, like, I heard there was... There was a, a little bit of news that might have made you oh, happy this boy. week. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You know, Christmas does come early sometimes. Santa Claus is real, children. Don't believe the anti-hype. This almost makes me feel like the whole thing was garbage. Oh, like, I, don't, I don't think so. I think that this was all a ploy by somebody on one of the two sides. I don't know who. To, like, to, drum up excitement? Well, to get what they wanted out of the deal. Okay. I don't know who because, okay, so Spider-Man is back in the MCU. Oh, yeah, we should I just say should. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Spider-Man is back. For one more movie and, and three total movies that he can be like in. Is that right? Something see, like I that? don't know about that. What I do know is that it's one for sure Spider-Man movie and one Marvel movie outside of the Sp- Spider-Man movie. No, oh, maybe they'll just kill him off then. I hope not. <laughs> I just I don't like the idea of like this kind of being like we just kicked the can down the road. Right. <laughs> like all of a sudden we're going to have to have this conversation in another two years, three oh, years. I'm sure we will. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of that. I mean, but it's going to be that's how it always I mean, it's not a perpetuity. You know, it's not a perpetuity. I mean, I kind of look at it and I'm like, look, Tom Holland is one of the most uh, beloved actors in like a, a character role, especially in like the Marvel thing. Now in Marvel, he probably is the most. Yeah, 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 probably. And, uh, you know, it's like it's one of those things like everybody's kind of I've heard so many people say, can we just get Tom Holland until he's like 37 or something? Sure. And I'm like, I'm fully on board seeing a kid go from uh, seeing a character go from high school to that age and getting like 15 movies out of the guy. That could be amazing. I saw that he actually like contacted the head of both studios yeah. himself, too. Yeah. Which I can see why. I mean, did you see his uh, reaction? Uh, he, on Twitter uh, or whatever, or on Instagram or whatever, the uh, the the Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not fucking leaving. Uh, I'm not no, fucking I did leaving. not see that. I oh, saw a couple so like tweets from people. I don't know if it was Zendaya or him or what. Yeah, people are people are happy, me included. Yeah, I, I figured <laughs> right away. Uh, yeah, you sent me the news. That was your. Uh, did I break the you news? Broke, I thought you broke so. the news both times. Uh, yeah, again, uh, again, and. Uh, I was like, this is bullshit. It's not real. <laughs> it was Rotten Tomatoes. It was man. Rotten Tomatoes. And there it was. And um, yeah, this is great. 
this is absolutely great. This is how it should be. Um, people are saying that they're probably going to try and get him out, like work on him being less pivotal in the MCU. Uh, I'm makes not a fan sense of if it's it makes sense if it's going to be like this, right? And I get it. Doesn't mean I have to like it, but I'm glad he's back. Um, I just don't think. I don't know who came out better in this deal. You know what I mean? What is it? Is it, what's the what's the split? 25, 25, 75. Disney puts up 25 and gets 25% of the profits. Okay. I mean, which probably is probably more fair than what it's apparently their original offer. Okay. And which Sony Sony, just, Sony told them no. Sony caved then? So, well, I mean, that's the funny thing is uh I don't know if anybody watches John Campia on YouTube. Oh boy. But uh, I started watching his video on this where he said, Disney caved. And I'm like, well, didn't they both just kind of reach an agreement? And also, wasn't this the original amount? So how exactly did they cave? Yeah, that's a little bit over anyone's head, I think. The actual backroom dealings. Right. But I keep, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm like, Sony is the one who had less chips and yes, they avoided a 50-50 split. Well, but they own the character. So I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say they have less. I think that at the end of the day, it's like if you're next, I, I feel like all the pressure was on them. There's just and too much money to be made. Well, I that, that. But I feel like if they were hypothetical, were they to make a Sony Spider-Man movie on their own? The pressure is really on them because if they suck. It would be bad. It would be bad. What do you do then? Do you go back hands and you know hands out, yeah. begging from for from Marvel? Well, do you reboot again because nobody wants another Spider-Man reboot? Well, you got to remember, it wouldn't matter if it sucked because Venom did really well with audiences, so it That's could be true. just like Venom, and they but would this be is, just fine. This is slightly different because Venom can succeed because people were thinking that there was a Marvel connection. There was a lot of people who thought that if all of a sudden you sever the MCU connection. That's a you a, would have to write a movie that was about that purely. Right. I think you couldn't pretend that didn't happen. It would have to be built into the plot of the movie. I think the only way that you make it work personally for me is that you basically have him be in a Doctor Strange movie where he ends up in a parallel but similar universe where he is the only one. And it maybe there's Venom and all of them. But there's no MCU characters. Sure. It's the only way I can see it working. Well, that wouldn't have been an option. Right. Gonna, it, yeah. Right. So, so Maybe happy that's what they'll this. do. Re clip that out of the episode. So when Doctor Strange 2 comes out. We'll, we, well, we can just. Yeah, we can just. I told right you. To show, yeah. I, I told you so on Bored and Annoyed. The I told you show. Yeah. I t there you go. There's a podcast. Yep. There's a podcast for that. <laughs> um. Yeah, we get, we've got other news, though. Uh, let's see. There's another Bourne movie in the works. Yeah, apparently there's also a Treadstone television series coming out. Really? And apparently a Bourne movie. Um, I don't know if Matt Damon is, uh, is, you know, confirmed as being in it, but there is another Bourne movie coming. I never saw the Jeremy Renner one. I saw the Jason Bourne one, and I didn't see the one that you saw, and I did okay. see the Jeremy Renner one. Uh, Jeremy Renner one really wasn't very good. No. Yeah. That Jason Bourne was kind of milk toast bland. Right. Yeah. I would say the thing about that's kind of how the Jeremy Renner one was. The problem was, is that Jeremy Renner was kind of a superhero. Like okay. he had like genetic enhancements or something. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
That was a weird movie in that it reached its climax and you were like, wait, I thought this was like the end of the second act. Like it just ends abruptly. That's odd. It was a really odd movie. You know, that's one where it's like that trilogy was so good. It seemed planned out. Yes. Everything kind of, you know, and then they're just like, okay, we're going to tack more on. So I don't know what they I were. I feel doing. like, I feel like Matt Damon should be maybe, I don't know, maybe a little bit more picky with his movies. He is. I saw a trailer for one. I was going to mention it to you if you had asked you if you'd seen this trailer, this Ford versus Ferrari movie oh, with him you know and what? Christian I Bale. I take it back. That looks That facts. looks really good. Fantastic. Yeah. But no, in general, yes. Like, I never saw the one George Clooney made, Suburbia or whatever the fuck it's called. I didn't called. see that one either. But I heard it was shitty. What about that one where, like, people get really small? Didn't see that one. Didn't see Looked that one. shitty. Maybe I should like back off. Maybe I should take that. Yeah, we should probably back. watch. I should probably them. see his movies. Yeah, maybe make movies I want to see. Matt Damon. <laughs> well, that Ford versus Ferrari one looks really good. It does look good. Yeah, it does. Part of that is my love for uh, uh, Christian Bale, though. Yes, he's just fucking. I mean, I legendary. like Matt Damon too. But... I do too. I do too. I yeah. give him shit, but that's mostly because of uh, Team America. Yeah, I mean that really. Matt Damon. <laughs> it's so good. It's so great. It's so great. But yeah, I I don't know. Do we need another born? Not really. No, we don't. A TV series could be fun, just based on that like secret agency group. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't uh, think it needs to be about born. No. 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 It doesn't. Born's story is done. Yes. We need to let that just go. I agree. Uh, let's see. Something that will never, ever, ever, ever ever be done though is star wars yes old kevin feige old kevin feige coming for that kathleen kennedy head yeah uh, the, i mentioned it to somebody and they're like wait a minute is he replacing kathleen <laughs> kennedy and i'm like no unfortunately unfortunately no no uh i'm excited though I'm excited for the idea of it. I don't how, know. how could you not be excited right. for that? Yeah. I mean, uh, so, the guy has taken Marvel from C level to A plus level. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, he's getting one movie. He's I, I don't we don't know. All we know is that it's a Star Wars property. Maybe it's the Ryan Johnson. Uh, oh, my trilogy. God. <laughs> Let's hope not. Maybe it's the legendary uh, 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 returning of Lucas. Hey, there you go. Produced by Feige. Feige keeps him in line. There you go. He says, hey, George, big fan. Get out of your lawn chair. I'm just waiting for the day that they decide, hey, we're going to remake the prequels. Mm. And everyone loses their minds or half the population loses their minds. When do you the think they would do that? Like I, how, how far into the future could they do that? I think they could do it right now. I mean, for me. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But they do have their fans. So somehow right it's like kids who are like 10 years younger than us though they're, i think there's a yeah i i mean there's a lot of them though i don't i think there's an i think maybe i'm speaking out of turn here i feel like there's an age defining like i used to like them so i can't what? yeah okay i liked them when i was like 12 there's <sighs> I, they're not completely worthless to me because they're Star Wars and there's a lot of things that I guess I could say that I think I would put them above the latest two on just because of originality, mm. um, Emperor Palpatine. Uh, <laughs> uh, you are such a fanboy for him. He's great. Um, and that's, yeah, I mean, just that 
the story I think is more interesting, but he just made shitty movies. They're just shitty movies. They're poorly put together movies. So yeah, but like, would I rather watch the last Jedi or episode three right now? If you ask me, I might watch episode three, you know, even though it's a worse made movie, but it's more interesting to me. Like, you know what I mean? In my opinion, it's got cooler action. I mean, I know that people got really tired of the whole like over kung fu stylized lightsaber shit. I was always kind of a fan of that. That was one of my favorite parts about the original trilogy. Like the Emperor fight Yoda, as dumb as the setup is, like it's it's fun. I guess you you know, like that and the Count Dooku. Those were the two things I would change, like as far as the fights, because I always thought Yoda. He shouldn't fight. He shouldn't fight. But it's still fun to watch. It's fun. It's so <laughs> stupid. It's it's like, you know, we've elevated Star Wars culturally in our minds for decades. And then that's the moment where you're like, oh, this is just schlock. Right. It's true. Well, yeah. And that one had like the in the Senate, like you, ha- you have them tossing like the Senate chambers <laughs> at each other and stuff. That was I'm that's I'm a ki- neat idea. I'm kind of OK with that. Right. One, because it's force. It's not like the lightsaber yes. is not jumping around like a fucking right crackhead but uh yeah that is how they would fight right i mean they would just just throw shit right it's just and old shoot people. lightning at each other it's just old people throwing things at you. like it, like a poor version of that is just like two old people at the it's, retirement home there's just so many things that are so bizarre mm. like you just i just brought up lightning and it just makes me think like why can dooku fire lightning why couldn't that have just been an emperor thing you know, like, because Lucas is like, oh, we'll just make it so the bad guys can shoot lightning. Mm. You I, know, what that did for me in that moment was made me realize that more than likely the idea behind the lightning is a perversion of the force in a way. And that's why only the dark users use it. Uh, let's see. One of our last pieces of news, something that strangely has me pumped. Okay is uh, all this news about the infinite crisis on infinite earths or some crisis the on CWDC yeah. crossover with Tom Wellington and uh, Brandon Routh both coming back to play Superman. Yep. With the Superman from Supergirl, which I actually don't think I don't think he's bad. No, that's I think that's fine. Yeah. I don't have a problem with any of this. I don't understand how Brandon Routh is playing Clark Kent and the character that he also plays in the like show the, he's in. Isn't he on that a- show? Adam? The Adam? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> but I but, guess who cares? But you see him and he's Kingdom Come Superman. Which yeah, he is, looks pretty cool. It's just the fucking shit. It, he, he looks cool. I've never thought he was big enough to be Superman. He looks big now. Yeah, he looks bigger. He looks, you can see that he looks like Superman. You can see why he was cast as Superman. I always saw him as Superman. Like when I saw, I was like, that's fucking, that's Superman. The problem is, is, and I'll stick to this till the day I die. The S is too small and his, his shorts are too low on his hips, which makes him have an elongated figure. That's true. Well, and he sucked as Clark Kent. That was not his fault. Yeah. Well, I, you you didn't like the, pro- but I mean, I think that's how Brian Singer saw Clark. Though. Okay. Well, Brian Singer's blind. Well, yeah. Just Brian like Singer is a Zach, lot of things. Just like Zack Snyder's blind about Clark Kent too. They yes. both fucked up Clark Kent, you yep. know? At hey, least Singer you know tried a couple times though to make him like, you know, ooh, he fucking, tried. He yeah. tried. He yeah. tried. And I actually kind of like moments from uh Superman Returns. Returns. Yeah. 
I do. I do. I, I feel like, I think the scene where Superman's getting his ass kicked is actually pretty powerful towards the end. It it's is. It's always hard to watch Superman get his ass kicked. Yes. It's just like. Because it's you're just as somebody who grows up understanding the meaning of that. You're like, this shouldn't. Right. This shouldn't happen. It's not right. It's not right because he's stronger than all these people. And it's not right because he's just such a darn good guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you don't like him as a character, you're like, well, this isn't. I'm not really enjoying it's, this. It's like you're watching like a really dramatic, like it's awful. It's like watching somebody beat Jesus. Right. That's exactly what it's that like. Pissed off That's the so same many, thing. It pissed but, off so many know, Christians right there. There were people fainting in Superman Returns in my showing, just like they did at the Passion <laughs> of the Christ. <laughs> did anybody get stigmata? I watched someone faint at Passion of the Christ. Did you really? Yes. Yes, they were leaving. They they had to get up and leave because it was so fucked up. Wow. And they literally fainted on the stairs. I shouldn't be laughing. It's a traumatic experience for some people. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew going into that movie that Mel Gibson was going to make torture porn with Jesus? So are we going to talk about Infinite Crisis? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's the same one that has, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, voice of Batman, Kevin Conroy. Okay, a question for you. Yeah. Have you read Infinite Crisis? I haven't. I understand. Okay. This is, is this gonna, the one that's super complicated and hard to understand? I feel I, like there's a DC, but is that Kingdom Come? This is Kingdom Come. Well, okay. that's where this Superman is coming from. And okay. That's what Kevin Conroy is playing, playing is uh, uh, Kingdom Come Batman. Okay. It, the basic premise is that I think it's kind of like the standard what we've gotten used to with Superman. Like he's kind of like the man from the government. He's the man. Sure. Quote unquote. And Batman has like these people who are, it's almost like X-Men have come to the DC universe kind of idea like superpowers are becoming a thing like metahumans are a thing okay. and it's like oh we're oppressed and Batman's like all right I'll start an army with you guys because like this isn't cool or whatever and hey how about the government not telling us everything to do and Superman's like hey but uh truth justice in the American way so Batman's Magneto pretty much okay um that actually I, makes sense. I mean, it's and it's drawn by one of the greatest comic book artists of all time, Alex Ross. I've seen the art from it, like the not only it's the intense. cover, but I've seen some of it. It's really good. He's yeah. fucking he's amazing. He did um, Earth X, which was kind of Marvel's answer to Kingdom Come. OK, kind of like the post-apocalyptic version of their universes. Fucking fantastic, though. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm strangely excited for this for somebody who. Really does not like these CW shows. I mean, it'll be something. It's the uh, dude. The one where the one crossover they had where Supergirl had the SS logo and her, yeah. her, that was wild, man. Yep, yep. I thought it was pretty good. And I like her as Supergirl. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Yeah. And I, despite the fact that I didn't love Arrow when I started it, I still like uh, what Stephen Amell. Yes, as as uh, and I like the Flash dude too. Yeah. I just don't think the shows are all that great. No, but, they're a special kind of show. But this could be, this could be something. This could be, this is their end game. Let's be honest. <laughs> this is their Hail Mary end game. Please come watch Batwoman with, with oh what's her face. Oh my God. I mean. Have you watched it yet? Is it on? It's, uh, yeah, I, 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 I saw. What are the reviews like? Are they good? I mean, they gotta be bad, right? I, dude, you look up those CW shows like The Flash and shit. I know, they get they're good a special reviews. kind of show. Yeah. Attracting special kinds of people. <laughs> Ruby Rose is Batgirl. The a trailer, she just sounded terrible. It looks terrible. 
I, I've also said this forever and ever and ever about Batwoman, or at least this idea is this for Batgirl Bat- or Batwoman. It's Batwoman. And they're two different people. They right? are two different people. Um, I don't even think that, like, I don't even know if this is exactly canon because I don't know Batwoman well enough. But I know that she's a lesbian, which I think they're going to be sticking to, which is fine. Yeah. Um, the thing that I'm not a fan of is like this idea like, oh, I'm Bruce Wayne's cousin and I just happen to walk. I, I hate I've never really loved the whole like I'm related to the person who did something great. Therefore, watch my sh- story. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like nobody watches like that's you know, how a Christmas tales are too. Nobody watches a Christmas tale about Santa Claus's shitty brother. You know, that's funny because that's what Supergirl is basically too, right? I know, but they actually basically did the smart thing with the show, which is basically just make her Superman. <laughs> right. That's true. That's and, true. And I like that. But with Batgirl, it's like it, with Batman, it's also different too, because like the idea of like somebody being born with powers and coming to a different planet, being away from home, that could apply to anybody. Sure. The idea of like Batman made himself, what makes Batman cool is, yes, his origin story, but also the fact that he made himself into a force of nature. That's true. Being his cousin wouldn't be enough to no. create your. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, nobody nobody's watching like the theory of some things about Stephen Hawking's cousin. Right. Yeah. No, he's I've, the great one. I have an I have so many of these. I have so many comparisons. <laughs> I think we're good with one. Oh, God. I think we're good with one today. <laughs> I think you missed the other one, but that's okay. Which All one right. did I miss? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Let's talk about Shit. The Shining. Uh, yes, The Shining. So uh, 1980 Stanley Kubrick horror film. Wow. Um, How about that Jack Nicholson guy? Holy shit. Is he great in this? So he's super great. Um, now, do I put this as like one of the top tier performances of all time? I would say no, just because he's he's so over the top. Mm. Like there's the, the it's I can't this is I'm going to get annoying here in this mm. review because I am going to compare the book in the movie. OK. And I'm just going to say that I do understand why Stephen King doesn't like this, because in this movie, Jack Nicholson is never a warm guy from the beginning. He is cold. Yes. He's kind of a prick. I, yeah. So, so I, I've watched this movie numerous times over the years. Sure. And what I, when I was in film school, we watched it and some people were like, oh, I really like how like, you know, he kind of went from like a normal guy to, and I'm like, no, 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 you're wrong. I don't think he's normal. That's not, he's not normal. No. No. He's not normal from the get-go. I mean, the whole, like, the car ride up when he goes, see, he saw it on TV. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's fucking nuts. Yeah, he's, well, he's he's totally, like, being a sarcastic prick with them. Yes. In the car. Like, he's always wants her to shut up. Yes. Clearly. Uh, so, and they also set it up where he, you know, he's kind of a dry drunk. Yes. Not kind of purely a dry drunk. Yes. Uh, he hurt his son by, you know, hurting his shoulder somehow. We don't get too much info on that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, in the book, they play that up as like, oh, he is a really decent guy. Like he feels really yes. bad about it. Yes. And in the movie, Stanley Kubrick, that is not the concern of this movie. He doesn't even seem he seems annoyed that it's brought up. In fact, he, he complains to the bartender, the ghost bartender. Yes. Oh, God, those scenes are great. Oh, they're fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you just you start watching it <laughs> and you just like, 
I could watch a movie like this all day. <laughs> it's really sad. It's really it's it's a fantastic but movie. But yes, he does complain. I think there is one part where he does like he's frustrated yes. that people are are judging him on this. Like he's trying yep. to get someone to say it's okay. Yep. You know. But yeah, there that scene and the one with uh, the guy who was the caretaker who oh, takes him into in the, the bathroom. bathroom. It's amazing. I correct it's it amazing. amazing it's it amazing and and jack nicholson i mean okay if nobody's seen this movie um just go and watch it and right. come back and listen to this like just stop and come back yes it's um, a classic it's a classic for a reason and we're doing spoilers right from the get-go yes i mean you can fuck <laughs> off if, like you haven't seen the shining and you're listening to our podcast um i don't mean that don't go fuck off anyways point is in that scene jack nicholson is doing so many great things he has like these little asides where he just kind of like opens his mouth a little bit right and he's like he's moving his eyes in ways he's thinking like it's one of the most organic performances he's i've ever seen yeah you can see the uh you can see the the, the clock ticking yes. in his head. you can see the gears moving yes. in his head in a lot of scenes in this it's so great he is great i he's he, it's a very it's a very nicholson role like oh, yes. this is i mean he is so intense in this um, there's one scene where basically they're outside in like the, the, the maze, the, the, yeah. um, what do you call it? The, yeah. yeah. And he's just, they, they, sh they go, cut to him and he's just like staring out the window with this crazy fucking look in his face. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I feel like, okay, he's a great performer, but I also feel like half of it is he, he's, he's hired for his face because he can just make creepy faces. Yes. Um, yeah, you can see shades of like, okay, this is why he got Joker. Like, obviously. Right. Um, and fucking great as Joker. Great as Joker. Yeah. Different than Heath Ledger, still great. Yes. Um, this movie, though, the cinema, I mean, we can talk about cinematography yes, on a I mean, fucking it's a Kubrick, Kubrick movie. movie. It's insane. And, and the fact that, like, uh, you know, People don't realize this was one of the like early entries in the steady cam usage where even the right. scenes were were uh, uh um fucking Andy or whatever yes. is, is rolling around on his little tricycle and yes. the camera's following him and you're kind of getting this like map of the hotel. None of it like works in your brain though, and it's purposeful, it feels like it's like the hotel is designed in such a way where like nothing makes sense. It just makes you feel off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there is something very, all of a sudden he's in different floors and yeah. it's like, what the fuck? And it's not a mistake. Like, no. There's a lot of shit in this where I feel like if it wasn't Kubrick, I'd think it was a mistake. Mm. And it, I, I watched uh, room 237 as well, which is the, um, have you ever seen that? So no. it's a documentary and basically it's eight people sharing their conspiracy theories on what they believe the shining actually is about. So you've got like, one person who's like thinks it's him admitting to landing on the moon to filming the Apollo 11 mission. And you have another person who thinks it's about like um, the genocide of the Indians. And it's pretty interesting, okay. actually. Okay. And they're all fucking nuts. Okay. Okay. Clearly. Okay. But they do talk about like they point out shit because these people have all watched it like. You know, like they rent it. They rented it in the 80s and they watched it over and over and over again for three days or whatever, like right. on a loop. Um, but yeah, one they started pointing out all the inconsistencies like the like the um, the uh, the the what, what do you call it? I just said it, but like the, the floors with Andy. Well, no, just that, too. But, um, you know, continuation bullshit. That doesn't make sense. Continuity. Continuity. Yeah. The continuity issues. Wow. My brain farted there. Excuse me, listeners. But but like. 
there's a scene in it where there's a chair behind Jack and mm-hmm. they cut to Wendy um, and then they cut back to, to Jack and there's and, no chair and there's no chair. And it's like, I don't understand how he would have made that mistake. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of shit in it like that. Well, uh, kudos to him because I didn't notice those things. Right. Because you're, you're just enthralled. The, the thing going to the thing about you said um, Andy with like riding and stuff. There's something very, very strangely hypnotic about him going from like the hardwood floors to the carpet, to the carpet, to the hardwood floors, to the carpet. It's so great. It's amazing that that's something that like I would wonder if you, people who don't sit here and sweat movies like we do, mm. like consciously realize that or if it's just something they experience without because I thought the same thing, like the sound design there. Right. Is just great. And I, I can't put my finger on why exactly. But. It's it's it is. It's I, I feel like I, I think if I were to describe Kubrick, it would be that he's a hypnotic director. Yes. He tries to get you into something that's repetitive or strange in some way, but strangely hypnotic. Yeah, no, I would agree. I would completely agree because he's got, I mean, between this and 2001, yes, that's what it all is. And I would say that this also, like 2001, is not a character movie so much. Really? Yeah. I mean, because I, your main character is just a fucking psycho. I suppose, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, He's just a very charismatic psycho. Right. So you are enjoying the ride. Yeah, well, and everything is just such a feast for the eyes and ears. It's like if you didn't have the look and feel of the movie that's that's because of the visuals and the way it's laid out, I don't know how great the movie would be mm. because there's not it's not like they go into a lot of the lore. You don't really know exactly what's happening. Mm. There's like ghosts that pop up, especially at the end when Wendy's rolling around the house and all yeah. of a sudden there's like a guy in a teddy bear thing, like I blowing wonder, somebody on the bed. Like, I kind of wonder if that was the birth of furries. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. Could be. And you get the blood from the elevator, but it's yeah. like, that's never really, you know no, what I'm that's saying? That's not explained. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you're, you get all the explanation you really need in that it's a fucked up place at the Correct. beginning, buried on a Indian burial ground. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen King. Yeah. Yeah. Is well, that like your one card? I don't, I don't even remember if that was in the book. Was I don't it? remember okay. if that was or not. But but um, but yeah, it's there's just it's so awesome just because they perfectly do lay out the idea of the shining right uh with uh with the guy uh uh you know yes yeah with, he's fantastic yeah the, 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 oh my and God. he's got a really whacked out name too and i always forget it uh that actor um scatman crothers as mr halloran he's a scatman how he's, many people have made that joke in his life i mean his too many scatman crothers can i just apologize it? to him is he alive still no he's dead sadly he's dead uh, i really like him too he's great yeah he's a he's fucking great even like the scene where he's just laying in bed in his house like <laughs> freaking the fuck ho- out in his house that has like nude woman on this wall and nude woman on this wall <laughs> yes right <laughs> that was so right that was so funny i was like oh well there's more to him than just being a psychic there's just so much to like 
to fucking like I it's one of those movies where when it ends, you almost want to watch it again. Oh yeah. Because it's like there's so much shit in there that is just so fantastic to watch and just wonder what the fuck is going on. Mm. What is he thinking exactly as he's putting this together? Um do you think it's scary? No, I don't. I think it's fun. Yes. I think it's a very fun thriller movie. <laughs> it's it's fun. It's fun in the way that thrillers can be fun. Right. You know, like you're always just on edge a little bit. It's great because it hinges on Jack's performance. Um, but also they they set up the stakes right from the get-go. Guy came here, he killed his family. You get that right from the get-go. Yes, that's true. That's great. Because if you know and I mean, I, I kind of gave uh, the witch a little bit of shit for this because it shows the woods and it goes. Boom. Yeah, sure. But they do that at the beginning of this with the whole like uh, uh, camera shot where right. it's flying over the, the lake. I still like it. The music in that even is great. Fantastic. So. That that it is, almost sounds like a ghost. Yeah, like it. it's great. It's a it great. Is. It's a. It's an A plus movie. It is. Shelly, I think Shelley Duvall's good in it too. Okay, she's my one thing where I'm like, I'm like, why are you running like this? Oh, the running scene is bad. When yeah, she that's runs, true. I'm like, but oh. but I love. I absolutely fucking love the scene where he, she has the baseball bat and she's just like swinging like an idiot at him, and he's just, give me the bat, give me the, give bat. Me the bat, give me the bat. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash fucking brains like that's so he's so like it's one of those performances where like i can't fight doing an imitation because right. it's so fucking like he looks like he's having a blast oh it looks it's fun to pretend to do the, yes. the role yeah. it's so great i i love this movie like that's why i'm so glad we're discussing it I forgot how much I loved it's this a, movie. It's amazing, dude. It is amazing. Yeah. And and it's amazing even though like I probably don't understand everything he was trying mm. to do. Right. Just as a surface level like guy goes crazy movie, it's great. I mean, I don't okay, uh, let me ask okay. <sighs> Room two, 237. Yes. Do they get into um because in film school <laughs> We were like, we were talking about how Kubrick is one of these very intentional, everything has a meaning in every shot right. kind of guys. Sure. So they were like doing like, like phallic symbols in the meeting where he goes in. Yes. That's one of the things is they that, point okay, out. I might've seen room 237 in college and okay. forgotten about so, it. So yeah. One of the scenes they talk about is when he goes in for the interview yes. and the guy comes around the desk. Like this guy is convinced that they purposely had a stack of paper on the desk. And when he stands to shake his hand, it's a hard on. Yeah. He's convinced. Yes. They talk about one lady's obsessed with the hotel and the fact that like it's a labyrinth and mm. there there's a skier on a poster in the background and she's convinced that's actually the Minotaur uh from like you know the myths myths, like the yeah and there's always a minotaur in the labyrinth and like nothing in the hotel makes sense like it is true the way the hotel's laid out when he goes in for that meeting Mm. the interview there's a window there and it makes no sense that there'd be a window there right none right there's no chance there's a window there (laughs) whatsoever it is dead center in the middle of the hotel 
Right, that's great. Yeah, I actually never thought about that. So there's like shit like that that they th- are convinced are all purposeful. And some of them think it's about, you know, uh, genocide, mass genocide, no matter what the culture. Some people think it's like a Native American genocide thing. Uh, the Apollo 11 one is great. That guy. Uh, he really believes that this is him, you know, essentially Ed- admitting that he he did film the Apollo 11 moon landing. Okay. Here's the thing about conspiracy theories is like there's always a tipping point. Like these people are like, oh, there's a purpose for everything. It's like, okay, Kubrick. Like that's I'm sure know. he did have yeah. shit in mind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's like a labyrinth. Okay, cool. You're kind of dealing with the themes. There's a there's a labyrinth outside. Cool. He's admitting to the Apollo 13 filming, no, it's just, just no, you've, you jumped the shark. It's over. It's pretty fucking the, his whole thing about it. And obviously I'm not crazy, so I'm not going to memorize this and know mm. it for sure. But basically room 237 is like the shit you're not supposed to see. Danny has an Apollo 11 sweater on in that scene when he goes into the room, um, Okay. There's a bunch. There's a bunch of little things where it's like I can't believe that you strung this together, but I guess it makes sense in your fucking crazy brain. I mean, maybe or maybe Kubrick's having fun poking at the idea. Yes, I don't know. But the thing is, is like Kubrick. I need to watch more interviews of him as like a as a person. I don't think I've seen many at all. They they do have an eighteen or twenty minute long documentary. Uh, that his wife was filming. Okay. While making this. Okay. And if I remember correctly, he treated Shelley Duvall like shit. And I don't know if that was just to get something out of her that he needed to get out of her or if he thought she was bad. Right. Or what? Well, but, but if she was bad, why didn't he just get somebody else? I mean, I don't think she's bad. I think she works um, for the movie because... She is just an unsettling. I'm sorry, Shelly. I know you're old and crazy as fuck now, but she's an unsettling looking person. Um, she does have a unique look and she does capture the sort of like mousy, you know, pushover kind of character, which is what she needs. The thing is, is that she says cer- certain things really weird. <laughs> she just says she's a fucking weird. weird. Well, and that's another thing, too, is in the book. She's a very strong, like gorgeous blonde character. Oh, okay. I can. I'm starting to see why Stephen is not yeah. happy. Yeah. So because that kind of it makes it more. I understand now. Like I like the oh, shining for like the movie. I like it for what it is. But I understand what Stephen's doing with his story. He's kind of like it's a change. This right. this woman is 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 strong. So when she's put in the position that she's in later on in the movie, because I'm assuming that maybe the events are pretty similar, but characters are different. Maybe motivations are slightly different. Well, I would, I think the the crux of it is that The Shining, to me anyway, when I read it, I was feeling like, okay, this is about his alcoholism, and mm. that there's a good person in there, and that's kind of the point mm-hmm. uh, that these demons are getting him. Right. You know, right. Um, I feel that's, like that's I feel like that's still in this movie though a like a little, little bit, bit. like but, a little but, bit but you need to show that he's a warm person really and that does not happen in the shining You know movie. what actually it's probably the exact opposite message which is like you're a bad person <laughs> and the alcohol just lets it out right yeah and that is how it seems right yeah. 
Um, whereas Dr. Sleep, on the other hand, is kind of Stephen King's way of handling like the recovery portion because Danny's an alcoholic, too. Right. But he's like the opposite side of it. It's almost like Stephen King wrote about himself in different eras really you, okay. yeah that's i what mean you, that's, what do you mean by like he's a different kind of drunk like you did ask me to now keep this in mind okay put the puzzle together okay with half the pieces that's true no uh yeah no so what i mean is like in the shining he was probably still getting hammered all the time stephen king was mm. and it's like this you know it's almost like him trying to and this is all me right doing this right but, but it was probably him trying to say his frustrations perhaps mm. um with his lack of an ability to handle himself sometimes knowing like okay well i woke up and did something stupid again and blah blah right. blah whereas dr sleep is all about danny dealing with the fact that he's not drinking and trying to like like basically Danny drinks in Dr. Sleep because it's the only thing that keeps the demons away. Ah, okay. Oh, the, inver- okay. Right. Okay. So, I understand the inverse. Yes. now. Gotcha. Okay. So it's, uh, it's, sh- I'm excited as fuck for the movie, by right. the way. I mean, I don't, it's going to be weird if he tries to be Kubrick, uh, the guy who did um, The Haunting of Hill House, who's making oh, this. right. Well, I mean, he's got enough of a style all his own that I do hope that he stays within that. Right. Yeah, but I'm concerned that he's going to try to be Kubrick. But you I, have to try a little bit. I think maybe. you have to bridge the gap. I don't think you can do fully your own style. I don't think that a movie like The Shining necessarily would be well received today either. It's too slow. For a lot of people, I think. Mm. I mean, Hereditary is a pretty slow movie. But a lot of people hate Hereditary. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like That's true. I feel like people would I feel like people would be more forgiving of a shining sequel that's slow than an original horror movie that's slow. You're probably right. You're probably right. They've got attachments. But yeah, um uh, what else in the shining is there to talk about? I mean it's uh, just favorite scene. <sighs> So it's got to be between Jack in the in the bathroom with uh, the former um, the former uh, fucking uh, caretaker. Right. uh, uh, Delbert Grady. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That that guy's awesome in that scene. That's a that I was going to say that might be my favorite. It is amazing because it's like the way that it's paced and the way that it starts with like. Sorry, sir, I don't recollect that. Yes. And and then it just slowly sort of comes out. And it just kind of like the way that that scene unfolds is unlike any scene that exists anywhere else. Right. Well, and I would say the runner up or maybe even my favorite scene is the bat one because he's just mm. so. He's so he's gone. He's so fucking gone. Mm. And he's so mm. like over the overacting, which I it's not an insult. I don't, even know if I, would call, case. I don't even know if I would call it overacting. I truly think this is what an insane person would look like. I suppose. I suppose. Yeah, it's just great. Um, I mean, the the scene at the end in the maze is great. It's a great one. You know. Yeah, when he's screaming Danny and just what a wow. I'll tell you one of the shots that really just kind of blew my blew my mind that it was what was done at the time was when he's taking the axe to the door. Sure. And the camera is coming back with every swing. Yes. So you Oh, it's feel, amazing. You feel every swing. And I'm yeah. like, great idea. You could have just like had a static shot 
you know, like it is very back, true. like two yeah, feet no, and had is. a static, but you feel it. There's stuff that's noticeable in this as you're watching it. That's like, why don't any directors do this kind of stuff? I was thinking that for like an action scene. I'm like, you don't see this kind of like right. somebody coming back for a punch and then going in like, you don't like that is so great. Yeah. Why don't other directors do Kubrick stuff? Maybe it's like all, even the way know. he lines up a shot, he's very like, okay, you can tell like, okay, here's the room. Like it feels, it feels large. Everything's kind of, um, uh, depending on the scene, depending on like the emotion he's going for, things are set up in a certain way in the room. If it's right. just like an establishing of the building, mm-hmm. like there's certain like things in certain places, uh, very, um, what would you, I mean, symmetrical yeah. a lot of times. Yep. And then when shit gets fucked up, it's like a little cattywampus, like yeah. the way that stuff's presented. The, I would say for a movie that's about a person going insane and about things just not being right in that hotel, the amount of like, the lack of Dutch angles should be applauded. Yes. Because that would be, that's the go-to move. The cheat move. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's not weird. Uh, what do you know? 45 degree angle. Oh, I love the fact that they've got that shot, that weird shot uh, when when he's locked in the uh, the closet oh, yes. and, and the camera's like looking up at him and he's kind of like fucking yep. with that knob on the yeah. door and trying to get her to let him out. Yep. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's, great. it's amazing. <laughs> I also love the um, I love the idea that they just there there there's something to be said about uh, directors just understanding when to let the actor carry the scene. Sure. And the scene where he is locked in uh, the the food pantry or whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, the 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 Mister O'Grady or whatever um, comes and lets him out. Yeah. And the fact that we never step outside and we just sit with Jack. Well, did Danny let him out? I don't believe so. So that's another Is that interesting that a working thing. theory. Well, the the theory that's the only thing in the entire movie that the ghosts actually do. I I mean, it's it's you could make that argument. I, you could make the argument that Danny did it somehow like Danny did it to himself or, when he went right. and he got his shit. But I'm sitting there. I'm like, nah, but I'm pretty sure that Danny does not seem like the type of person type of kid that would do something like that. There's nothing that about his character that makes me think That's he would true. be like that. No, no. And you're right. It's just, it is interesting that the ghosts have no other physical, like they don't do anything that's why it's so great yeah it's because it could just all be in their head but that's the moment where you're like not all in their head it is it is defined it is it is clear i mean danny's danny could be losing it maybe tony maybe tony took over and but she saw she she saw the furry people no no tony the uh his his oh his his imaginary friend yeah but what's her name saw the furry people so there are ghosts yeah but she's crazy too she's losing her mind too in that house i don't know she seems she's weird. 
She's think, losing I, her shit. When you lose your shit, I think that's. I think Kubrick was going for the idea, like I maybe do think everybody goes. Ghosts, by the way, I, I, th- I yeah. oh, okay. I like how you're just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I'm but just saying it's possible. I do think that Kubrick was going for the idea, like they're all kind of weird and a little crazy in their own way, kind right. of thing. It's not like normal family comes here and goes nuts. I think the wife, for the most part, was normal. I I think she is. She's think, probably the most normal of the three characters. I think that's why he cast her though, was because she's weird looking. So. <laughs> I mean, no offense. She's a she's she's not an attractive woman. Yeah, well, I you can't mean. all be uh, can't all be me. Yeah, there you go. Uh, an attractive woman. Yeah, an attractive. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's I me. Didn't know. That's me. I'll try to use the proper pronoun moving forward. Well, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I. Uh, it's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece, and it's funny because I. I was watching it with uh, with with the wife, and I looked over at her, and I go, you know. I still don't think it's as good as 2001. And I waffle back and forth on this. And I know there's a lot of people that think this is like his worst movie. Oh, which, I would I would go the other way and say that this is, in my opinion, light years better than 2001. Oh, OK. Yeah, I don't think so. But I don't think it so. works more for me because it's a little less idea and a little bit more performance driven sure. and, and it's as equally visually driven as 2001 i would say in different ways i would say cinematography wise they're probably it's about not, similar it doesn't make you work as hard no for sure no um i mean there are, the, the thing that's amazing is like if, if somebody's telling you this is his worst movie that just goes to show how fucking awesome he was right uh i mean a clockwork orange is amazing i love i that's one we should watch eventually i would be I down to watch that i haven't again. watched that in about eight nine years oh, it's amazing it's a really good movie it's disturbing the old it's, in and out the fact that like the guy who made 2001 he made fucking a clockwork orange uh all of a sudden they give him this stephen king fucking movie mm, and right. he knocks it out of the park he's not a horror guy right you know what i mean but and he's he just fucking an unse- crushes but it. just about everything he does though is unsettling yeah so I think I think it was a perfect marriage. Yeah, he's Stephen King might not agree. And the fact that Stephen King, hey, I'm sorry. Sorry, Stephen. Stephen, sorry, didn't Stephen. you say that it chapter two was very scary and a really great movie? Yeah, well, I have so much respect he, for Stephen King, but I mean, I don't think he knows a great movie when he sees. Well, one. he was very butthurt by The Shining, clearly, right. because it's a fucking masterpiece. Yeah, it's it's. <sighs> Do we want to do a uh, should we watch soon though? Uh, last soon. Thing. So last, our last thing. thing. Last, last thought? thing. My last thought is that The Shining belongs in that tier with with The Exorcist as the greatest horror movies of all time. Mm. I think I like it more than The Exorcist, but I, I can I can see why you like The Exorcist. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah, it's fucking incredible. But yeah, I, my point is. Uh, it's, 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 you know, you've got your different genres of movies and if you're a fan of horror, the shining is, I mean, it, if you like horror, I feel like for it's most pure reasons for being, I feel like if you're just like a gore fanatic, yeah, that's different. Yeah. Or a scream queen fan, you're not going to. I right. mean, maybe the scene with the bat, 
might do something for you. But. <laughs> I mean, I just say, you know, I think that The Exorcist is more of an emotional movie. It's more character driven. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel more watching The Exorcist because it's just such a disturbing situation. Yeah. Um, But The Shining's just a f- blast. It's, it's just, just awesome. It's just hypnotic. Right. I just, I find it so hypnotic. Like, I was not particularly in the mood to watch it when I turned it on. And by the end, I was like, it's so fucking great. It is. I, sh- great. I should watch that again. There's just parts where you're like hanging on everything going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That bathroom scene. Yes. I mean, you are watching that just like. Yep. Yep. Edge of your seat, just I want to hear every word. I want to like just soak this in. Yep. The fucking room itself. Yep. The red paint. Like you, when you think about The Shining, you very vividly can picture everything in it that somebody talks about. Yeah. You know? Yep. It's, it's great. It's, it's, but yeah. yeah, that's enough of that. Shit we watched. Shit we watched. Whoa. Shit we watched. Um, so we could do a shared shit we watched right from the get-go. Yes. Uh, yesterday. We both watched yesterday. We didn't both watch it yesterday, though. We didn't watch it yesterday, yeah. but yesterday we did watch we yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> but yes, uh, it sounds like you really liked it a lot. I dug the shit out of this. Okay. Now, I maybe, I don't know if this is actually really ever come. We don't really discuss these types of movies no. on, the, on the show, but... Um, I am a romantic. I okay. do like a romantic movie. It can't be overly sappy. Uh, the comedy has to work. I have to like the characters. I'm very persnickety about any sort of romantic movie. But if you can nail a movie that has romance at the center, but has good character arcs sure. and make it realistic and relatable, that's I like that. I, I like that. And I feel like this movie really kind of nailed it. Okay. I had a blast with this. And I'm not the biggest Beatles fan. In fact, I would go so far as to say, I don't really get what the whole big deal is about the Beatles. You know, I think if anything, this movie did kind of remind me of how great they were, though. Yes. Because he starts going through all these songs and like every one you hear, it's like, yes. this song's amazing. Yeah, that, that was the thing. It's like, <laughs> and that's a testament to how great the movie is. Is like, I never really considered myself a Beatles fan. And then at the end, right. I'm like, okay, they're pretty fucking great. So I like the main character yeah, he was a good. lot. Uh, I like uh, I think Lily James. I yes, think it is. Again. All, I think she's just great. I actually think she's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like their story. I love the premise. I don't think I'll ever not love the premise. No, it's um, great. Premise. I love the red herring that they have in the trailers for the movie. Um, I we'll get into that in okay. spoilers. You'll have to remind me. Um, I'm a week behind you on this one. So, oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, you watched it. And I forgot. Right. So that gives you a hint as to yeah, how I know much you didn't I love it. I, I didn't, didn't yeah, right. Yeah. We'll, we'll I would give this like a like a B plus A minus. Okay. I had a really good time with it. Okay. I uh I would give it a it's like I C plus sounds too harsh. Mm. B minus might sound a little too you know too positive. Too positive. I there were parts of it I really liked, and then there were parts that were, and a lot of these types of movies do this kind of shit, but like there's parts where you're just like looking at the screen like, why don't you just say this? Why don't right. you just tell her this? Or there's the uh, the cartoon cartoony character played by Kate McKinnon bothered me a little I bit. I was going to say she at the very end became too cartoonish right. for me. Up until that point, I was kind of enjoying her. She her gave me a first, couple chuckles. Her first scene really made me laugh. I do love the premise. 
I love the I premise. I wish they would have done more with the premise mm. as far as like, not only do people not remember the Beatles, and if I guess if we're this far into the review, it's too late to give a synopsis. But spoilers. But no, no, not a spoiler. Oh, okay. No spoilers yet. But but the movie's about a guy who gets like hit by a truck during oh. like a power outage, and he wakes up, and the, nobody remembers the Beatles. Yes. So along with that, spoilers. It's not the only thing people don't remember. Right. They don't remember Coke. Yeah. They don't remember. Oasis? Yes, <laughs> correct. Was... There's like random things that have like somehow disappeared. It's never really explained. Oasis the band, in yes. case people don't know who Oasis is. Uh, yeah, so it's never explained. Uh, I'm okay with that. Harry Potter doesn't exist either. Oh, that was, yeah. That was a nice little joke at the end. I, I enjoyed that yeah. one. Um, yeah, it's not explained, but no. that's okay. No, that's fine. It's kind of uh, like the, uh, the Groundhog Day sort of thing. What did you think of the um the people who do remember who i loved it did you i loved it because i was like i i i, I thought I, the setup for that was a little too early in the movie compared to where it paid off and what ended up happening so, when it paid off so what i liked about it was you see it and you see this guy and he went to the russian show and i was like okay well maybe he's like the son of one of the beatles or maybe he knows this song, but he doesn't know from where. Right. You know? And so... Like it's clicking. Like with, it's like clicking with some this? people. Something. So, so the idea that something is happening. Right. And you don't know. I really loved that. Um, well, they're trying to make you think that this is going to be a problem. Yes. Yes. And I like that. And then I like... Because the movie's not about that. And the movie knows it's not about that. It's about him accepting who he is. And finding love. That's what the movie is about. Yeah. And he just, it just takes too long for him to do the things he needs to do to do that, to get there. I, that, but, but she makes some really great points though. Like when she tells him like, look, like I loved you for X amount of years. Right. And now once I say it to you, now you have like, you know, and it's like that. I, I don't think that there's a counter for that. I like the fact that it was the girl who's chasing the guy in this movie. Yes. I said that to the person I was watching the movie with. I was like, you know what? This doesn't happen very it's often. It's rare. Yes. And I really liked that inverse re, uh, yes. relationship. It was pretty interesting. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I did. I I would recommend this wholeheartedly. Yes. I mean, it's there's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I don't think. No, I like again, though, you just like you get to the end when he throws her up on the fucking screen. And I like I get it. It's just so like that was a bit much. I would say I would say the ending does not stick the landing, which is where some of my minuses come in. Well, right. And it's just so like network TV ish, like Mm. like soapy, like kind of, you know, which I get it. That's what this is. The people who like that sort of thing are going to like it. It doesn't matter what I think. Right. Right. I mean, that's that's where I had to go, but I can't give it my full throated. You know, it wasn't a complete fuck. Yeah, but I had a really, really good time with it. I certainly think it deserved better reviews than it got. I that was the thing when I walked out or when I got done watching, walked out when I got done watching (laughs) it. I'm like, why does this have like a 70 or 60 percent something like this doesn't make any sense to me. That's kind of fair. I, I, I don't know. That's a lot of people. I mean, 
it's not what grade would you give it. It's yeah percentage of people who they disliked didn't. it. I and think it's like, I think the, the the problem that people have with it is that it doesn't it it becomes more about the love story, which is fine, but the premise kind of it loses the premise a mm. bit. I I see what you're saying, and I I guess I kind of agree because it's such a great well, think, premise. Yeah, think about how many fun fucking things they could have just done on the premise alone, right? You know. So but I, I like the way that they took it for the story that they wanted to tell. But sure. I do I do understand that there's, I guess, a certain amount of wasted potential because sure. it's such. But the thing is, is like the whole people don't remember X. That's going to be able to be used for literally anything at right. this point. Because this is just, I do, I feel like this has opened the floodgates for uh, some sort of um, yesterday cinematic universe. Yeah. I mean. You absolutely could do it. What else did people forget? Yeah. yeah. Or well, I mean, or just he's a character in this, and then all of a sudden somebody else does, and he doesn't remember shit, and they remember something, and then they do the thing. I don't know. Well, you can do so many things. I was actually thinking it would be funny if the movie actually the premise was he remembers the Beatles and he plays their music, and like in this era. Everybody's Nobody. Like, what the fuck yeah, is this? Yeah. Why would we listen to this? There was a, there was a part of me that was like, okay, these are good songs. Would they hit today? And I, you know, and, but I think they hypo- would. I think they would. It's a hypothetical that we don't really know the answer to. I I think they they're just so good. They're good songs. Well, it's funny because like this movie is probably better than the uh, Across the Universe movie, which I believe I reviewed on the podcast. I I, I don't mind it. I liked Across yeah. the Universe maybe a little more than this, even mm. though it's a worse movie, just because it was like they did something really interesting and entertaining with right. the Beatles. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um. I'd say the one thing, okay, the thing that uh, uh, from the trailers that really threw me off. When they go to James uh, Corden's place and like, oh, here are the Beatles. Yes. They say that you stole their songs. I was like, I, so one, I when I watched the trailer, I was like, well, you just gave away the whole goddamn movie. What right. the hell's wrong with you? But then the fact that they it was just a dream, I was like, okay, now, kind of great that you put that in the trailers right. because I was waiting for that to be... The journey. Yeah, I thought that was going to be like the problem. Yes. Yes. I love that he actually meets. Uh, uh, um, uh, yeah. Um, wow. What, what, Do we look like assholes? Because uh, because I fucking had I was going to bring up the uh, the scene. I was you've got me wanting to say Elton John. Boy, Lennon? do we look like John Lennon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, that was great. I really like that. Scene. And out there, Elton John, John <laughs> Lennon's just sitting in his house on the beach or whatever, yep. living his life. Yep. And doesn't know any, you know, any I loved different. it. I really did. It was great. And I can't even imagine what that scene might have actually meant to a, like a real honest to God Beatles fan. Sure. But That's to me, point. even watching it as a, you know, I do have insight into one big Beatles fans thoughts on the movie. Yeah. What's that? A little let down by it. Really? Yes. Okay, that's yeah, fair. Which I thought when I watched it, I'm like, okay, well, I feel like you had to like that part of it. Right. But in general, if you were going hoping for it to be like about right. the Beatles. I don't know why you would being, walk. I don't know why you would walk in true. with that or the premise, Like the premise taking more of a, of a, of a you know, uh, the premise being. Be, the movie being more about that setup premise because right. really that's just the setup. Um, 
I guess, I guess my problem is, or maybe not my problem, but I guess the way I looked at the movie was when the movie started setting up what character it had and what kind of world it was, that's when I understood where the movie was going to go. So I stopped looking at the all the what if potentials sure. of the story as wasted because I was like, well, that they're just not trying to do that. So I, st- I okay. would not be disappointed with this one. Okay. Um, I'm sure in like six months, there'll be something that somebody can call me a hypocrite about that. Oh, I was actually thinking about that this week. I randomly was thinking like, you know how many like hypocritical bullshit stances we've probably taken on probably. different movies throughout that we've talked about throughout I, the podcast. But I, I think I think you have to. I think hypocrisy <laughs> is something where the devil's in the details kind of thing. Yeah, no, there's certain things that can get away with stuff that might drive me nuts in a certain other type of thing that I watch. Uh, well, you and know. I, I think part of our job is to figure out why we're not hypocrites by talking about why what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, that's true. So, yes. That's so, just, fuck you. Not, fuck we're you not, guys. We're not hypocrites. Y'all are hypocrites. Right. Uh, is that it for yesterday? That's it for yesterday. I went and saw Rambo Last Blood. Oh, boy. <laughs> what so, do we got here? history on this now. The only two Rambos I've seen are Rambo First Blood, mm-hmm. and, or wait, First Blood, I'm sorry. Right, no Rambo, yes. just First Blood. And Rambo Last Blood. And boy, oh boy, are they different experiences. I mean... One's a masterpiece. To the, yeah, to skip the evolution, <laughs> the, the devolution of this... Okay, this is taken with Rambo, first of all. I sort that's of figured. I mean, that's exactly what the trailers are. All it is are. is about revenge yeah. for someone he loses or loves or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's kind of it's kind of lame for mm-hmm. a set for a, a long time. Uh, it's, it's never. It's kind of it's lame. It's never terrible though. It's never horrible. But that's really good. Uh, it's really good. But but the last twenty minutes, okay, are glorious. In like, schlock ways, or just schlocky, gory. I mean, I people told me the last one was violent, mm. and I'm super pumped to go watch it now because this thing just goes fucking nuts. He basically sets up spoilers. He basically. <laughs> He basically sets up uh uh like like uh like traps like this Mexican cartel crew is coming across the border to attack him at his farm or right. whatever and he booby traps the place. Mm-hmm. And like the traps he sets are brutal as fuck. Mm-hmm. But then like, you know, like a spiked thing will fall out of the ceiling and get someone in the chest. And all of a sudden he pops out behind him with a shotgun and just blows their head clean off. <laughs> and it's a clear still shot of the explosion. The, the, the head going There's boom. a thing that comes down that like, I don't even know what happened because, but the, the whole theater was like, <laughs> like the whole theater was like, Yes, because it was just it fucking comes out of the ceiling and it hits this guy in this face in his face. And like it's a side shot of his head. Mm. And there's just these two gaps in his head. Oh, wow. He he rips someone's still beating heart out. 
like, oh my like God. slices open their chest and uh, you your heart. You know, whoa, goes whoa. in and grabs wait, wait, wait. it. Wait, he said, I'm going to take I your heart. Know. I don't think that's what he said. But he reaches in and rips the heart out. Uh, I mean, and I haven't even, I mean, he kills like 20 people in this scene. Okay. And it's fucking glorious. I loved that scene. I loved it. I did not feel like I wasted my time going to see this at all. Um, he's, because of one scene. I like, I, I know this isn't popular. I'm a Stallone guy. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that he's this dumb, worthless, terrible actor that so many people I just think act he, like he is. I don't think he's got a great filmography. I think that's the problem. I mean, all he needed to do was Rambo, Rocky, and Rocky for me, and he's fine. I mean, he as and Rocky he's great is, in Creed and Creed too, as well. Him in the Rocky franchise is yes. just cinematic gold. Yes. Um, really should have been more picky with his roles after. Sure. And I mean, probably Cliffhanger with the, isn't a classic. I mean, Expendables, the movie, those movies are fucking awful. Demolition Man. Demolition Man, uh, yeah. Uh, there's one daylight where he's like what's, down in a tunnel that gets flooded. Uh, what's the one where he's a truck driver and he arm wrestles people? Oh, fuck. What is that called? Maximum Overdrive. No, that's that's a Stephen King movie. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I don't. I don't remember it's, the it's name of that about, one, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. He was a uh, Tango and Cash, right? That one I've never seen. Sounds like we both need to put it on the list because well, I don't think I've ever seen that either. But but this is just great. Uh C plus. <laughs> it was in wow. the D's. It was in the D's. Okay. Heavy D. Like, there's just so many moments where you just chuckle. Right. Like, like he pulls out, like, he's, like, going to, he's got to go to Mexico to find whoever. Right. And, and like, they don't just show him speeding out of the driveway. They show him, like, the car, the back tires skid out oh, as he God. goes. And, you know, and it just gives you those little chuckle moments. But it is funny because the original, it really has, like, deep themes. Right. And it's really fucking good. Um and this one is just apparently the creator of Rambo said he's embarrassed that this exists. And I can see why, mm-hmm. but it's the last just, part is glorious. Oh, oh and, and you know what? I completely understand the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes for this being like 85 to 90 and the critic score being like 20 something. Right. Because this is what those people, especially those who have been following this franchise, I have not done that, Mm -hmm. but I'd imagine this is what they came for. Yeah. And they should have maybe spread it out a little bit over the course of the movie instead of like, literally, I'm not kidding. It might be less than the last 20 minutes, Mm. but it is fucking crazy. The the crowd in the theater is just hooting and fucking hollering, you know? Uh, I can't believe that there was a crowd for this movie. It was full. It was full. That's insane. A small theater. But okay. it was full. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. I'm a snob. Shoot me. Tear my beating heart out. It was fucking great. Um, hey, uh, I like my movie. I like my movie. <laughs> I really hope the mic picks that up as good as I could understand it. Because that was good. Okay. All right. Um, I watched uh, a movie that was uh, recommended to me um, by a friend. And uh, this is a low budget movie. Uh, It came out, I believe, 
around 2004-ish. Um, it's called Wrist Cutters, A Love Story. Give me the plot of this because I feel like I've seen this. Okay, so it's basically the idea of when you kill yourself, you go to a different world. It's just shittier than this one. I've seen one. it. Yeah. Okay. It's been a while, so I don't remember it. But So I can't really take part in the conversation, but I have seen it. So like Nick Offerman is sure. in it? Uh, uh, there, there are, uh, the girl, and I don't know her name, but the girl who sleeps with Tony Stark at the beginning of Iron Man one, the blonde check. Yeah. Yep. She's in it. Um, let's see what else. Who she's else like is... one of those people that yes. like pops up and everything and nobody knows who she is. Yeah. <laughs> um, who else is in it? Oh, uh, the girl from 40 days and 40 nights. You remember her for, uh, Anne Haish? I don't know if that's or her was name. was that but six days, seven nights? I have fucking no oh, idea. Oh, yeah. No, I think I know who you're talking about. Was she? Was that the one where Josh Hartnett's trying not to, to not, have sex? Yeah. She was also the love interest in A Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger. Heath, yes. Yes. I really like her. She's one of those actresses yes. where she just went away and you're like, why did you go away? I agree. I like her a lot. Um, Really pretty. Just really pretty. Um, But uh, I really liked this movie. Um. I, it's it's a romance movie again, um, which is kind of weird that I had like two of those in this week. I did not intend. You're just that. a romantic. I am, ladies. <laughs> That's how romantic <laughs> I get. I just say, ladies. Um, no, I really liked this though because this guy like finds out that his ex girlfriend killed herself, and she's now in like the kill the yourself. world. Yeah, yeah, and he's trying to find her. And there are little things here, like um, like you can't smile in that world. Okay, so everybody um, just walks around looking miserable. Yeah, and like like okay, Nick Offerman killed himself by like he. he he shot himself. So like when he takes off his hat, like his head is kind of exploded out the back. Okay. So that's a great one. Um, the cops there are just a little shittier. Um, let's see here. There's, there's a black hole in the car that they have where like, it's kind of like, it's like the whole, like, Oh, you drop stuff in your car and you can't find it again. Right. Kind of thing. Sure. So it's fun world building. It's fun world building right. shit. Uh, they've got like nice little conversations. Um, it, it's it's very low budget. That's kind of the problem with the movie is that it's probably if it had been given another four or five million dollars, I think you could have something really special on your hands. Uh, as it is, it's probably like a B, B plus kind of movie. Um, the main actor, I get why they cast him. I get what they were going for, but he is very early 2000s man. Okay. Kind of like sort of emo without being too emo kind sure. of guy. I think the movie would be a little bit better if they had found a different lead. Okay. Um, but I love the writing and I love the message of, of the movie. Okay. So I would recommend it. Um, Great. Yeah. I, uh, B, B plus. Okay. Sweet. I, I'm going to go with a solid B because the more I think about the beginning is a little slow too, which okay. is problematic. But as it gets going, it gets better and better as it goes. Oh, uh, 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 Job is in it too. I just pulled it up. Yep, Job. Job. Gotta love Job. Yes. So, <laughs> I yeah, I liked I liked it a lot. I did. You know what? B plus. Oh I, wow! Look at you. I can't. I you know I I remember the ending and I'm like you know that's that's a lot of fun. Got to have the courage of your convictions. Um, real quick, and this isn't going to be a full shit we watched. 
Okay. Uh, I do want to mention that I, I'm halfway through the latest season of Mindhunter, um, and I discovered something last night as I was watching it, and actually, I I wanted I felt a little snobbish thinking it in my head, but then the wife actually said it out loud, so I felt forgiven for what I was thinking. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but basically, there's a scene in it uh, where, and a lot of the show feels this way, and I know people love this show. Mm-hmm. They love it, Okay. But there are so many parts in this where the dialogue feels like it's scripted. It feels Hmm. fake. Mm -hmm. The way that they talk, it's like, okay, now this is the part where you say this. You know, there's nothing real feeling um, in a lot of the dialogue in this. And in this particular scene, this was one. And I'm only saying this because there's other people that have watched it probably will be listening to this. Right. Um, There's a scene where basically one of the character's son is in trouble. And um, there's this judge who's kind of laying it all out, the situation that their son is in Mm -hmm. and whatever. And it literally sounds like the guy is reading off of a piece of paper. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, this is like a top flight show right now. People love this show. Yeah. I'm starting to think it's not that great. (laughs) Oh, no. I. The contrarian has come it's, out. It's okay. Like, like I like the premise, um, especially if you're like into serial killer type shit, like true TV type shit. Right. Um, it's it's good. The characters are they have all the characters are very like different and well thought out. It's just the way that the scenes are constructed are very like fake feeling. Mm-hmm. It feels fake until they're actually interviewing the serial killers. All that stuff is great, mm-hmm. but everything else can get fucked. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, that's my thoughts on that show so far. Okay. I, I mean, I don't have much else to say. Today, okay. I don't think I have one other thing left, but I have a quick one. I watched sure. an anime. It's called blue exorcist, <laughs> blue exorcist, blue exorcist. Right. I really wanted to like it, but it's really not that great. You, you, when are you just going to stop watching anime? I feel like you're... I don't. I like I keep wait because the thing is, is like and any anime fan who's like has discerning taste will tell you this when they finally find like a great anime. It's great. It's so great. And there's sure. nothing like it on the on the earth. That's true. The one the Death Note is very unique to anything else that I watched. Right. Ever. Yeah. That I've ever really. Watched. And when you can find a good one, it's like it's like. A good anime is Aladdin. Did you They're see, the diamond in the rough. Did you see that uh, Death Note's getting a sequel? The the Netflix movie De- Death Note? Wait, no. You, you cannot be fucking I serious. Th- I think that's the case. This world has no justice. I think that's the case. Alita? No. Death Note, uh, Death Note 2, uh, The Last Note. The Last wait, no. Note. Death Note 2, The Last Name. Oh, no. This is old. Oh, okay. I think I still nope. I think I'm right though. I think there's a death de- Death Note two coming to because they did make live action Death Note movies in Japan. Yeah, but no, this is why is Netflix's failed Death Note getting a sequel? So yes, this is confirmed. It is getting a sequel. Just this wanted is, to let you know. This world has no justice. This world has no justice. Yep, it's we confirmed. have no Justice League. Uh the last thing I briefly want to mention is that um, it is it was September. Uh, as of a couple days ago. Did and, you uh, wake up to Green Day guy? <laughs> <laughs> on, Sorry. On, 
on um, September 11th, I always, every year I dig into September Oof. 11th shit. I just have like a fascination. So I, as I was looking um, into it this year, I heard about this book called The Only Plane in the Sky. And basically this guy took a bunch of um, interviews with like up almost 500 people who were somehow affected that day. So there's stuff about like with people who, you know, uh, the guy who inter- who who checked in Muhammad Atta before he got on the plane, okay. or, um, somebody who lost their husband in the building, someone who escaped. You right. know, like they've just got you know people in politics. You know, like Donald Rumsfeld or mm. like people that basically were attached to every situation happening that day. Right, and he lays out these interviews like chronologically um, through the different events. It's. I said I came home from work the other day. It was on back order. It's very popular. Mm. Um, so I came home from work the other day and I gra- I it, it arrived. I was like, oh, good. This is here. So I started reading it. And here two, two and a half, two or two and a half hours later, I'm still sitting there fucking reading it. Mm-hmm. And it's like extremely fucked to read. Mm. Obviously, um, it makes you mad. It mm. makes you upset. Uh, it really does feel like. It would be the perfect book for someone who wasn't there that day or didn't doesn't remember it or doesn't understand the gravity of what took place. Like, a you know, like an 18 year old who isn't was that born crazy. Yeah. After 9-11. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? And I'm sitting here reading it. And I'm the, the one of the main things I thought about as I was reading it is that, like, there are these political figures in it and shit. Yeah. And I just. Obviously, what happened was horrible, but do you remember when, like, the country felt like it was together? And yeah. for, for a short period of time. Um, it was and- very short, too, because that was 9-11 was used to propel certain things. Right. So when that happened, that was the one that. I, it well, was- even then, though, even like shit that nowadays, if they tried to announce mm-hmm. war on Iraq or something like even then. People were like the the approval rating on on decisions like that at the time was was high. It's crazy. It was. was There was a little bit more consensus in America. Yes. Um, But just in general, people weren't like lining up against each other with fucking nightsticks and fucking, you know. Right. Well, I mean. You know what? We're not a political podcast. I know. But I was, I, that I was, was my about, I was about to give you my thought for why that <laughs> happens. And, uh, you know, we'll just uh, we'll just keep it light and fluffy. Well, I just wish that we we could, you know, I wish that there were things that could happen that weren't so tragic that would galvanize the country again. I don't think because nobody gave a shit for a right. period of time. I don't think that I don't think that no matter I think that no matter how tragic something is, I don't think it can unite people forever. No, you're right. No, you're right. But it, but it's but it's funny because you're reading this and you're reading like, you know, like uh, they're the only I haven't read much of the Donald Rumsfeld stuff in it yet. But I was thinking like there's probably a ton of people reading this right now who aren't fans of Bush and aren't fans of Donald Rumsfeld. But even now, 20 years later, they pick up that book and they probably it doesn't really cross their mind that that's. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I mean, there's story like he's in there, like trying to force himself in to help people at the Pentagon. Mm -hmm. You know, like he doesn't give nobody gives a fuck what his politics are in that moment. You know, so it's it's it's, I would highly recommend reading it. I'm not done with it yet, but 
but it is fucked up to read if you can handle it. I guess I know there's some people that you know. I try not to. I stay away from 9/11. See, stuff I'm the opposite. I I like like to I like to remember how pissed I was, and it's you like just to pick so, at that scab. Yeah, and it's so fascinating to me how that event changed everything. Oh yeah, the fact that we're alive during that and the gravity of it and how fucking there's an entire new world. That was built I mean, off of it. We're still dealing with post 9-11 crazy. everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it 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 reshaped the world. And it doesn't feel that long ago, but then you think like, okay, what are the odds nowadays if that happened that there would only be one camera that caught the first plane hitting the tower? You That's know, true. It's true. It's crazy. It, like it's like ages ago as far as you know what we have now. Like I was a sophomore in high school. I couldn't, I wasn't sending text messages yet. You know, it's just crazy. It was, but, yeah. But yeah, that's. I would recommend the book. You know, not to get into politics on the show, but it's a book. Read it. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's really a political stance, but yeah, um, that's true. Good point. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so next week, Joker. Joker. Yeah. Nothing will be political about that movie oh, being released. God. Oh, God. The bag policy at Marcus. Uh, we did this. forget to bring that up. Yeah, it started this week. Um, if you're going to a Marcus theater, uh, if you're excited to see Greg Marcus give his spiel at the beginning oh, of the movie. Jesus Christ. Can you stop it, Greg? <laughs> Can you stop it? You'll have to make sure that you're unless it's a diaper bag. It has to be like a 12 inch by 12 inch like bag. You really? Yeah can't bring a big big old person there nothing that can hold hold a weapon mm. um and yeah like in their thing they almost like tried to pass it off as like a food thing it's like no we know what you know what is. you know what though they're not wrong about that i know a lot of people who are like hey i've got a soda in here oh i always bring it sorry <laughs> i always bring a fucking soda stop uh, charging me seven dollars for a soda that's where we make our money yeah sure but yeah all right well that's i mean that's all i got tonight that's it. Have a, a wonderful night. We'll see you in space. Oh, and the next uh, favorite movies uh, episode will be Alex's favorite movies. Transformers 2, Revenge of the Fallen. You heard it here first. <laughs>